scripture that came to me was, and they all began to make excuse. We're good at excuses. Too busy. Already booked up. That's not my vision. Um, wherever it may be, I've married a wife. That was a good one that was there, wasn't it? <coughs> I, bought a, I bought a field. I believe that when God speaks, we shouldn't look at why we don't have to be included in what he's saying. We should look at how we can get right into what he's saying. Get right there with, with what he wants to, to bless and where he wants to, uh, to, to move in our lives. Uh, Marjorie sort of shared art a little bit earlier. Um, this year, I think we're both looking for the change, not just in the obvious, um, but also in other areas too. Uh, Marjorie is looking into um, doing what we've said for, for a long time. We need to get behind our uh, missionaries that we support, etc., etc. And Marjorie's looking at going to Romania. So please do pray for that. And I'm in discussions um, about going with Andrew on one of his mission trips. So uh, please do pray for that as well. Um, but we need to be doing something different, facing a challenge, taking on something. If we don't, we can be fruitful, but we won't be bearing 100%. We'll be bearing what comes a little bit easier. And we need to really, really press in. I've had a bit of a tough week this week. Um, I'm probably uh, part of a, a large group within the church. I uh, I couldn't understand it. I didn't know why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Um, I was irritable. Uh, I was frustrated. I felt depressed. Um, I was in a battle, but I just wasn't aware of it. So the battle's going on, uh, but, it, but it, it just something that couldn't come to me. But then the realization suddenly hit me. The realization, I was in a battle because I was preparing a word to bring this morning <coughs> that will be a challenge. And the devil didn't want me to give it. He was trying to do anything to trip me up and, 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 and distract. And I believe that the Lord really wants to speak to us. We've got this prayer meeting tomorrow evening at 7.30. Please do come along. Again, no excuses, please. We want to see as many people as possible there to pray together as a congregation of God's people and to really move closer to the Lord. So I ask if at all possible, we will start at 7.30 and we will aim to finish at 9 if it finishes before then, that's okay. If it, people want to stay and pray after that, that's okay as well. But we will, we will set a target of nine. So you're not going to be coming to um, an endless thing. But I believe it will be significant. I believe it can be. Um, it's a very, very special night individually as well as collectively. Has anybody battling about coming to a prayer meeting? Is it a challenge to anybody? I saw a finger move then. I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. A couple of people. I've, uh, 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 there's an honesty beginning to creep in. Is there anybody um, fearful about fasting? Because, okay, we've got a fearful person. <laughs> Medical reasons? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I believe that the challenge to us is to fast. I believe that that is what God wants us to do. I was just reading through a few scriptures and it suddenly occurred to me, although I didn't check every scripture that, that I could on fasting, and maybe somebody can correct me if I'm not right with this, but I don't think that anywhere in scripture that it says or commands us to fast. Fast and pray that you fall not into... You know, but it's not, not a command to fast. I don't think it does. I may be wrong because I haven't had a chance to check the whole of the Bible. I'll start at Genesis and work my way through. But I believe that it is hugely significant and that's why it's probably not commanded. Because what Jesus says in Matthew 6, the Sermon on the Mount, it is when you fast... It doesn't say, I command you to fast. It says, when you fast. And it just occurs to me that fasting is so significant that Jesus doesn't actually command it of us because it should be something that's instinctive. Something that it comes direct from God that challenges us and impacts on our lives. He does some pretty straight um, teaching on fasting. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. The way I think, does that mean that everybody who looks somber is a hypocrite? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bear that one in mind. We've got a few smiles there. We're looking less somber already. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. If we are attempting to appear to be more spiritual than somebody else, we're in trouble. If we are attempting to show that we're more holy and, and, and set apart than other people, we miss the bus. We're on the wrong track altogether. They've received their reward. There'll be a lot of surprises when we get to heaven. People who through the gospel have become rich and wealthy and hugely blessed will find that they've had their reward. I'm convinced of that. We need to recognize that it's our relationship with Jesus that is paramount. And if we have a ministry, yeah, by all means, let's use it to bless other people. But let's use it to bless other people, not just ourselves they've received their reward in full but when you fast again it's, it's 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 presumed that we will when you fast put oil on your head wash your face so that it will not be obvious to, uh, to others that you are fasting but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you now of course i could be completely wrong here couldn't i i realize that because it could be that everybody here fasts regularly, but nobody knows because they pour on oil and they smile and they carry on as if there's nothing happening. So if that's the case, I repent. Just tell me now. <laughs> You've got somebody pulling funny faces to make it look like they're fasting. 
Can you see what I'm doing? This isn't a challenge to you, it's a challenge to me. God's challenged me. He said, Alan, why aren't you fasting? And it's not as if I don't. I'll say no more than that. Going without food in order to spend time in prayer is both noble and difficult. However, it gives us time to pray. We can be so busy at times that finding time to spend in prayer, it can be difficult to get that into your diary. But if you miss lunch, then you can have the time it would take you to make your lunch, plus the time it would take you to eat your lunch, plus the time it would take you to put everything away and wash the pots and put, sort them out. You can spend all of that time, all two hours, in prayer. Depends how quick your lunch is, I suppose. So it's a good, it's a good thing. It teaches us self-discipline. Who is in charge, your body or you? This body is something that's been given to us. And sometimes I look in the mirror and think, can I do a part exchange? <laughs> We've been given this body in order to relate to other bodies around. It is just a convenient way for, the, for our soul and spirit to be uh, looked after, to be kept. But for many of us, our body takes over with tiredness. Whenever you're going to want to serve God or read your Bible, isn't it strange how tiredness comes upon us? It's because the flesh will always fight against the spirit. That battle will always come. We're always, we, we, we can be quick to come up with the right answer. And if it is about prayer and fasting tomorrow, thank Sheila, because she rebuked Peter, as, as Peter told us a couple of weeks ago. But we, know, we, we do need to recognize it is significant, it's important, and we need to use fasting in order to let our bodies know who is in control. It reminds us that we can live on a lot less. If I do without a meal, I feel better sometimes because I don't need to eat as much food as I do eat. And as I've got older... Um, I think I eat less, but there we go. But it reminds us that we can live on a lot less. We don't need to eat as much as we do. And also it helps us to appreciate God's gifts. The things that God gives to us, we can focus on and we can let them uh, work through our lives. There's a scripture I've not recorded on with this message. And it was... I can't remember it now. I should have written it down. The importance of fasting. No, it's gone. It's gone. I'll come back to it. Many of us think that fasting is a spiritual duty to God. Depriving ourselves of food and drink for a period of time in order to prove our love for him. While long-suffering is a part of being a human and certainly a part of being a Christian, fasting, I don't believe, should be included when we think about suffering for Christ. On the other hand, or on the contrary, fasting is less about what we're giving up and more about what we're making room for. Jill made a comment 
about receiving the Holy Spirit, and it was theologically spot on, Jim. We can't receive any more of the Holy Spirit because what we've been given is, is the complete thing. But we can make room so there's more space for the Holy Spirit to operate. And we can uh, give him space. And I believe that that is what fasting is about. Allowing God to come closer to us so we can hear his voice. That's been mentioned a couple of times already this morning, that we can hear what he is saying uh, to us. Where when we fast, we exchange what we need to survive, i.e. food, for what we need to live, more of God. And through fasting and waiting upon God, we can receive more of him. We've said that we're praying tomorrow night, particularly for a new new pastor. Um, that is not wrong. But I believe, first and foremost, we are praying to give a bigger space to God. We are praying to be able to hear more from God. We are praying and fasting in order to come in line with what he has to say for us. Now, when we say prayer and fasting, I, I, I don't want to put multiple choice here, but um, if we eat less than we normally would, then we have started a fast. If we eat nothing, then we've, we've that's a complete fast. I don't believe God wants to make us ill. I think he wants us to uh, draw closer to him. That is the blessing that's there for God. But it does involve doing without, and it does involve letting God have his way. There are a number of benefits of fasting. I just want to go through these, and that will be my message for this morning. Uh, fasting is a, a cleansing of the soul. Uh, how often we forget that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, especially when do we decide what to eat. Is that something that he would really enjoy having there with him? Fasting is a great time to remember the spiritual connection we have with our physical bodies. It is a real conflict. Uh, it's a real battle. And we need to be wise because the devil will try and trip us and he'll push us either way. In order to get us off our feet and stop moving forwards, he will do whatever he possibly can. But without the toxins we put into our bodies, we need only give our bodies uh, to break away, sorry, to, to give a break to our digital pro digestive process. But we also allow our spirits to be detoxed. Fasting is a faith move, an expectation we, we have that God will fill us with the Holy Spirit. If we're just fasting because it's a religious thing to do, don't bother. Don't bother. But if you were wanting to get closer to God, if you want this fellowship to become more significant in this time, if you want to find a role in serving God that you've, that you've only ever dreamt of before, then yes, it's important. We need to do that. But we do it because we want more of God, not because we want to be seen to be holy. And we need to do that, and it will cleanse our soul. It will restore us. It will strengthen us. Jesus said to his disciples, no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. It's important that if we want to receive something new from the Lord, that we, have, we, we see God and allow for a cleansing of ourselves. And that can come through prayer and fasting. During the time of fasting, we can meditate upon the word. That will cleanse us, Ephesians uh, tells us that. And it makes it new so we can receive the Holy Spirit 
and become empowered to live for Christ in a new way. We need the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God within us in order for us to receive from the Holy Spirit. I'm I'm amazed at at theology. I'm amazed at what the Bible teaches. Um, And I, I just love it. But when you read the Scriptures, there are times when it challenges. And it's dangerous if we don't respond to what the challenge is. We're, we're walking on thin ice. We're, we're in trouble. And it's important that we don't fall into that trap that was mentioned in before, that we just, instead of really seeking God and hearing from God, we just want to project that we're okay spiritually, that we're all right. We need to not kid ourselves or anyone else. We need to allow that ongoing washing of water, the word, in order to strengthen us and work in our lives. We gain through fasting a new desire for God. When we acknowledge that we need God in order to live and to live abundantly, we can begin to desire God in a new way. When we realize we need God more than we need food, we can start to understand what the psalmist meant when he wrote the words, like the deer pants after water, my soul longs after you. Is it real? If we really have that love for Jesus, how is it evidenced in our life? Not so that other people can see it, but so that we know that we are determined to get closer to him. That we are determined to push the boundaries and trust that God will bless us. My, my son's uh, type 1 diabetic. I think that's probably where. And, and to not eat could be fatal, ultimately, because f- food is like a medicine to him. Um, and, and, and to keep, keep that balance. So if he fasts, it is a really risky business. But whenever he's fasted, as far as I know, there's been no problem because he comes under Dr. Jesus. He comes to that place and he, and he knows what's right. And we need to recognize that, yeah, there are concerns, there are consequences, but faith is about taking a risk. Faith is about stepping out. And, and fasting is a faith move. You're not going to miss a meal if you've got no real purpose for it. If you're not coming to seek God tomorrow, you won't miss a meal. You'll, you'll, you'll just come along and, and be there. But I want us to become ravenous for the kingdom of God, for the Lord Jesus, to receive more and more from him. God is the sustainer of life, and he wants nothing more than a closer connection with us. And through fasting, we can quench that new desire for more of him in our lives. The third thing is a, a deeper praise. Because our body doesn't have to do all the work of digesting the food that we would have been eating. It has more energy to focus on other things. Since we are not consumed by what we are going to eat next and when, we have more energy to devote to God. While we're experiencing a new desire for him through fasting, we should also emit a deeper praise as we think about everything God is to us and all he, is, all he has done. Once we get caught up in our desire for God, 
and our praise of his mighty acts. We won't have time to be hungry or count down the hours until the fast is over. We'll be celebrating the whole time. I was blessed this morning just to sit next to Ruth. And she said that, uh, was it yesterday? The other day anyway. This morning. All right, she's, she's walking to church this morning singing. Just focused on the Lord singing. Didn't notice the lady coming up the other way. But she was singing praise to God. There was something inside her that just had to come out. I have that occasionally. But then I hear my voice and it puts me off a little bit of singing. But, but can you see, when we get closer to God, it impacts our very soul and our desire to sing the praises of God. We can do it in our homes, can't we? Let's, let's start and practice doing it in our homes, doing it with our family, sing grace, whatever you need to do. But do it because it is so important uh, to us. But we get a deeper praise, but not so deep that no, it's never seen. Let that be seen. Let that love for the Lord be evidenced uh, that our soul has been cleansed, that we have a new desire for God and that there is a praise within our heart to touch and bless him. And the, probably the key thing for me is the fourth thing, uh, is a sensitivity to, to God's voice. Um, in Luke chapter 2, we, I think we saw this last week, it's a story of Anna. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them, that's Mary and Joseph, at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Because she fasted and prayed, she had an ear to hear God speaking to her. My hearing's not as good as it was when I was younger. And, uh, but if I'm in a room and there's lots of people talking, and I hear somebody in their conversation say, Alan, you know what I'm saying? If people speak your name, even though there's commotion all around, you can often hear it. What are they saying about me? What are they saying about me? They're probably talking about Alan Shearer or somebody. But, but because you're here, not that we have anything in common, But you hear, and she had a sensitivity to the voice of God because she recognized the voice, not just the name, but she recognized the voice. And that's where the faith kicks in. It's very difficult to trust somebody who you're not really intimate with, but somebody who is really close to you. And the closer we get to God, the easier it is to obey him, to hear his voice to step out in faith and do something for him. A sensitivity to what he is saying. Because she regularly fasted and prayed, she had that sensitivity and was able to tell people about who this baby, who was only a few weeks old, was. When we clear our spirit and become consumed with a desire and praise for God, we become sensitive to his voice. Like Anna, 
when God speaks to us in the midst of chaos, we'll still be able to pick out his voice and know what he say wants to do because we have trained our ear to hear him. It's a difficult thing to communicate. The challenge this morning for us, I think, and I've got one more point to make, is, is to, to, to give it a go. Is there anybody here never dived into a swimming pool? Anybody? So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Haven't dived into a swimming pool. Okay, that's, that's, that's interesting. We could probably start a class tomorrow night. <laughs> after, And all those who have never dived into a swimming pool, I will talk you through what's involved. I will uh, explain to you the dangers, but also the exhilaration that comes from that. I'll explain to you how uh, buoyancy w w will help you to come back up when you're from being under the water. And I'll begin just to, to, to teach you all about it. And then you'll know exactly what it's like to dive into water, won't you? No, you won't. Because the key thing about teaching things from the Word of God isn't just that we educate people, but we challenge them to put it into practice. Because if you don't practice it, you'll never do it. I could have been one of those people who never dived into a swimming pool. I jumped in a few times, but never dived in. I can remember the first time I did it. It was so scary. At Yeasley Baths in York. I even remember where it was. And, and it was a good experience. And whenever I go swimming, I dive in. Because it's something that I can do. And we need to focus our attention, not just on the importance of it, and I'm trying to feel like I've got a flog in a dead horse here, a little bit. But we need to not just hear that it's important and hear how we can benefit from it, but we need to be thinking, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Never done it before, but I'm going to do it. I've done it a bit before, but I'm going to do a bit. I'm going to do more than I've done in the past. I'm going to make this part of my life, and through that we can get a new satisfaction. When we finish our fast, renewed, full of energy, detoxed with a new desire to get close to God, a new praise that's deep within us, a sensitivity to God's voice, we find that the absence of food was small in comparison to what we gained. When Christ's disciples noticed that he hadn't eaten all day and tried to get him to slow down to eat, Jesus said this, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I've just remembered that scripture that I forgot earlier. Isn't it amazing? I better not say how amazing it is because I'll forget it again. People, the, the Pharisees went to the disciples and to Jesus and they said, our disciples fast. John the Baptist's disciples fast, but you don't. Why don't your disciples fast? Do you know why? Because fasting is about getting close to Jesus. And they couldn't get any closer than they were at that time. But he said, they will fast. When the bridegroom's not with them, they will fast. 
the bridegroom is getting ready to come back for us. If we're not fasting, we might not be ready. If we're not as close to him as we can, we might not get where we should be going. We need to trust him and go his way. Physical food never fully satisfies. In a few hours or minutes, you'll need, you'll need to eat again. But when you are fed from doing the work of the Lord and you find a new satisfaction that you've never had before, take it. Swap physical food for spiritual food and grow in, in the kingdom of God. Amen.